Hey there, all you foxy mamas. Hey, hey, sweetie. Hey. It's time to get your groove on for another fantastic episode of... Red Movie Rama. And you better strap on those stacked shoes, because we're going all the way back to the early 70s for a fantastic romp of a movie called Sugar Hill. Oh, oh no. Here, here, we, uh, here we go again with one of them crazy... 70s movies. Oh, you better believe it, Aswell. This one, uh, this one's really groovy. Well, did, uh, did, did you pick this movie out? I sure did. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. That, that means this movie's not really any good. Well, I think the majority of people that know about this movie will totally disagree with you, because this movie is kind of, what's the word? Yo, man, this movie's hot! Yeah, yeah, that's it. This this movie is hot. Well, with the track record that we've had so far here, Skippy, I sincerely doubt it. Come on, man. It's got everything in this movie that people love about 70s movies. Well, ho, ho, ho. That, that's the problem, Skippy. I don't like 70s movies. Well, this might be the one that changes your mind. Take it away, Rick. Sugar Hill. Known in Idaho as Sugar Hill Baby is a 1974 horror blaxploitation film directed by Paul Meslansky when a nightclub owner refuses to sell out to a local mob boss he is beaten to death by a gang of hired thugs his grief stricken fiance vows revenge for his murder and uses voodoo to raise an army of zombies for revenge starring Marky Bay as Diana Sugar Hill. Boy, she's a hot number. Robert Quarry as Morgan. Yeah, he's the mob boss. Zara Cully as Mama Matrice. Hey, it's the uh, mom from the Jeffersons. All right. And Don Pedro Cully as Baron Someday. You know, for a demonic spirit, this guy's pretty cool. Back to you, Rick. Skippy, I, I, you may have to correct me here, but I think I heard him say voodoo and zombies. Yeah, that's that's right. This movie's about voodoo and, and some zombies. Well, you know, I was going to give this a chance, but now it just went up 15 ticks on the sucker meter. We, we, we don't have the time for your complaining, so let's just jump into this. This movie starts off with what seems to be a voodoo ritual dance that's going on. So just just like that, huh? Just like that. We're jumping straight into it like that. So, well, let me ask you this, Skippy. What, what makes you think that's what's going on here? Well, because they're dancing around with chickens and snakes in their hands and their faces are painted and they're all dancing around to a song called Supernatural Voodoo Woman. Oh, I remember that song. I believe that's a John Denver song. Uh, you're totally wrong there, Randy. Leaving on a jet plane is John Denver and I really wish that you were leaving on a jet plane. But this all uh, sounds like coincidences to me, Skippy. Plus, supernatural voodoo woman sounds like a superhero. Well, there is something funny about this voodoo dance anyways, because it's sort of like out of sync with the music that's being played. But, you know, it really doesn't matter, because it ends up being a showcase at a nightclub called Club Haiti. And after the dance is done, we meet Diana. And she's sitting at the bar with her best man, Langston. And Langston owns this place. And while they're confessing their love to each other, 
Up comes a group of jive turkeys starting some trouble. Well, hold on there. Easy with the language there, fella. No, I'm, I'm sorry. So what do these guys want? Well, they work for a mobster-type guy called Mr. Morgan. And he wants to own Langston's business at this uh, at this club. He wants to buy the club. Well, you know, I've, I've always heard you got to watch out for these Morgan fellas. Yeah, that's pretty much a true statement. But anyways, Langston ends up uh, holding his own against the guys. But uh, later on that night, these guys jump him in the parking well, lot. Well, hold on, Skippy. Maybe that's just a coincidence as well. I mean, how do you know that it's the same people? Well, because they're wearing the exact same clothes that they were wearing 20 seconds before. But the only difference is they're wearing pantyhose on their heads to try to disguise themselves. Wow. So uh, these guys, these, uh, these mobster guys, they didn't really think this through, did they? Hey, it's, I know it's a 70s flick, so does Langston like whip out some high karate on him? Uh, no, they uh, they kill him. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, jeez. Um, well, that happened really fast. I, I bet that Diane lady's really upset, isn't she? Well, you would think that, but she really doesn't seem too shaken up. I mean, she's hanging out with her old boyfriend, who happens to be a detective. Well, well, I mean, just like that, that she just kind of move on then? Well, don't really think so, but it's kind of hard to tell. But she does tell the ex-boyfriend that if she had her way, she'd watch each one of these guys die one by one. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold on. So, is this is this going to be one of those uh, lady revenge movies? I mean, from the title of the movie, I was expecting like a romantic drama like The Notebook or something. No, I think you're thinking of Notting Hill, but no, this movie is nothing like that. Plus, we find out that uh, Diane's full name is Diane Hill, and her nickname is Sugar. So that's where we get the name from the movie. Well, this is just blatant false advertisement. Then shame on you, movie. Actually, I thought it was the name of that cool band. Got to start all that rapping phase. I like that song, boy. Oh, look out, boy! I say the hip. Hop, a hippie do the hippie the hip hop, a hopper said it don't stop a rocket in the bang bang boogie said up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie the beat. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm rapping to the beat. And me the groove and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. See I'm Randy Newman and I like to say hello to the black and the white, the red and the brown and the purple and yellow. You know, Randy, you're not too far off because they did kind of get their name from this movie. Well, it sounds like that band's not any good, just like this movie's no good. Oh, we haven't even got going really yet as well, so just hold on, man. Anyways, Diane, a.k.a. Sugar, drives up to an old abandoned house and gets out of the car wearing a purple jumpsuit that looks like something Elvis Presley would wear. Yeah, she's hot. And she's looking for somebody. Oh, I, I know this part of the movie, too. This is where she's looking for Mama Mattress. And, actually, Randy, it's Mama Mattress. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Mama Mattress, boy. I remember that song. Oh, we pumping now, boy. It's kind of funky. Shoot, Alec Quartermine, watch the bugger loose. 
Anyways, Sugar finds Mama Matress and asks her for her help. Hey, hey, hold, hold on, Skippy. This, this lady looks really familiar. Oh, well, she should. She was George Jefferson's mama on The Jeffersons. Oh, well, well isn't that nice then? Well, we're moving on up. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Aswell. Anyways, Sugar gets uh, Mama Matress to work up a voodoo spell to awaken a voodoo god named Baron Sumdi. And he looks like... Uh, if the cat in the hat and Charles Barkley had a baby together. Oh, oh, jeez, he sounds terrifying. Yeah, you know, he, he kind of is, but in a cool kind of way. So, so I, I've seen enough of these movies. We watched that one about the guitar player guy. You you never get some kind of voodoo spell and not have to pay something in return. So does does she have to, like, offer something to him? You know, for his help. Well, yeah, uh, you know, at first she offers her soul to him, but uh, he's not interested in souls. He's interested in her body because oh, yeah. uh, she's she's smoking hot. Yeah, man, but that afro, she's smoking hot. Yeah, you guys are just pigs, you stupid seventies movies. And, and then Baron someday yells out, and it wakes up an army of the dead, and we get some cool shots of some zombies coming up out of the ground. See, you see, Skippy, this is. Zombies. I mean, this is this is where we've gone to, right? We've gone from a lady vengeance flick to now zombies. That I mean, I don't think this movie even knows what it wants to be, Skippy. Well, but these aren't like really regular zombies, as well. They're they're voodoo zombies. Uh, oh yeah. So what makes them different than regular zombies then? Well, in this case, this is uh, a lot of the slaves from back in the day. Some of them are still in shackles when they come out out of the ground. And the other thing is uh, they've got uh, painted ping pong balls for eyes. P ping pong. That, that that's just come on now. That's just stupid. They could have at least went with marbles. Actually, they look pretty cool, and it was a big selling point for this movie. Yeah, sure. What whatever you say, there, Skip. So so uh, these zombies are they like the the fast moving. Aggressive type zombies, rah, that kind? No, they're still your typical slow-moving classic type zombies. Well, crap, Skippy. This this movie will go on forever. I mean, it'll take these zombies a lifetime to get to these people and kill them. Uh, actually, it's kind of right opposite of that because we jump straight to a scene where we're on a cargo ship where one of the bad guys is working and he's collecting the money from all the people that work on the ship as, like, protection money. And uh, he goes off in a room all by himself while he's counting the money in private. And then uh, Sugar pops up, and she uh, calls him a honk. I, what? What does that mean? Well, it's uh, it's it's not a nice thing, but it's it's short for honky. Well, what's what's a honky? You are, Jack. Well, as well, it is a derogative term aimed at a white person. But anyways, um, the zombies pop out when when she calls him a honk and they kill him. Okay, so couple couple of questions is is honk like the Q word for the zombies to kill? And also, uh, how do the zombies get on the ship and nobody sees them? You know, great question. 
And I don't know. Holy jeez. Maybe that's the voodoo part of this, because I think they're more like supernatural, and they can just kind of pop up in places. You know, kind of like those zombies that were in that uh, City of the Living Dead movie we watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I understand now. So some more made-up bullcrap. Yeah, pretty much. But we don't have time to dwell on that, because we cut to a scene where Sugar Hero goes and visits Mr. Morgan, and she tells him that Langston... The guy that died left the club to her to, for her to run, and uh, he's trying to convince her to sell the business to him. Okay, so here's where the pieces of rope just don't match up for me, Skippy, because why is this guy so interested in owning this little bitty club? I mean, apparently he's got guys working in different places, beating up people, taking the money. I, I don't understand wanting this club so bad. Well, as well, neither do I, but that's the story and we're sticking to it because it cuts to the next day where Mr. Morgan is supposed to come to Club Haiti and do more talking with Sugar, but uh, Mr. Morgan's main squeeze shows up instead and she's really jealous of Sugar and they start slinging mud at each other and then the racial slurs start hitting their peak and then we get a throwdown between the ladies. Oh, yeah, but wait for that because cat fights are hot. Hey, mister, put some ice on it, would you? I mean, so who wins this fight? Well, we got a lot of rolling around on the ground for a bit, and then the fight turns a little dirty when the other lady breaks a whiskey bottle and comes at Sugar with it. But then Sugar runs her into the wall and kicks her in the midsection and knocks her down on the ground and dumps a bucket of ice on her head. So is there is there nobody else there at this bar at this time? I mean, is there somebody there to try to stop this fight? Yeah, I mean, the bartender's there, but he knows better than to get involved. He might get hurt. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's pretty smart of that guy. He's a pretty wise guy. Uh, hey, speaking of wise guys, we've got another one of Mr. Morgan's henchmen, and he's roughing up a dude that's got a truckload of cantaloupes, it looks like, and he's trying to get his collection money, and a taxi pulls up, and it's Baron Sumdy driving the car, and he tells the buffoon that, hey, Mr. Morgan wants to see him ASAP. So the guy jumps into the taxi, and Baron drives him out to the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can I can see where this is going. This is not going to end well at all. At all. You're right, because when he gets there, a couple of zombies grab him, and they take him to where Sugar Hill is, and she's sitting up on a fence that's part of a pig pen. And she calls the dude a honk. And then the zombies throw him in with the pigs, and the pigs pigs eat him. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to really rain on this movie's parade, but I figured the whole point of having zombies is they would do, like, more, like, physical harm. I mean, anybody can knock a guy off into a pig pen. Uh, it doesn't really require a zombie, Skippy. You know what? That's a very good point as well. But the makers of this movie probably had to find as many ways to kill these guys, but uh, not have a lot of cost in it. So, you know, cutting corners. Oh, I gotcha. Cheap old movie. Uh, so, is anyone suspecting anything being that now two of Morgan's people have died? Well, as a matter of fact, she gets a visit from her ex-boyfriend, the detective Valentine. And uh, he has a hunch that she's possibly involved. Well, being that earlier she told him she'd like to see them die one by one, and now a couple of them's dead, yeah, I would think that that would lead to that conclusion. So does he accuse her of anything? Well, in true 70s form, he does accuse her of being hot. Yeah, because he is hot. And how he wants to get into that jumpsuit that she's wearing. Well, I don't think that that's going to fit him very well. <laughs> That's uh, that's not what he was meaning as yeah, well. Yeah, man, because she's hot. You guys are terrible.
Anyways, later on that night at Club Haiti, there's uh, another one of Morgan's henchmen there, and he's shooting pool, and Sugar goes and makes a move on him, so he'll go in the back room with her. What, well, is there a pig pen back there or something? Well, that that was the last guy. We've we've kind of moved on from that. Well, I, I was just thinking maybe there was going to be a theme from here on out. Uh, well, they go back to the back room, and it's a voodoo room, and the buffoon doesn't like what he sees, and he starts smacking Sugar around. That's what I like to call a sugar smack. Yeah, somebody needs to smack you. Anyways, the buffoon asks Sugar who she's working for, and she points across the room and says, him. And over against the wall is Baron Sumdi. And the buffoon starts shooting at Baron, and the bullets do nothing to him whatsoever. Well, th- this guy could be a superhero. Well, I-, I think he enjoys being a bad guy more, but uh, they end up making the buffoon sit down in a chair, and they use some voodoo on him. And it makes him stab himself with a knife. Holy jeez. You know, Skippy, I'm really having a hard time getting on board with this this Sugar Hill lady. I mean, killing all these people. I mean, we've tried to portray her as a sweet little innocent lady, but I think she's starting to enjoy this way too much. Yeah, she might be getting a little too careless and uh, getting a little too carried away. So is this uh, Mr. Morgan guy starting to freak out because all of his guys are dying? Well, if he wasn't, I imagine he is now because he gets a delivery sent to his front door, and when he opens it up, it's uh, it's the buffoon's heart. Holy moly. You know, I, somebody's got to stop this lady now. Well, D- Detective Valentine is working on that. He's still looking for clues, and in order to do that, he goes to the local voodoo museum and research library. Now, come on, Studley. I mean, I know we're talking about zombies and revenge, but we have a conveniently placed voodoo museum and library at the location in this movie. That's that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really is, but you know what? I love it anyways. Anyways, there's a professor that works at this library, and Valentine shows him a shackle that he found at one of the murder scenes and says that he needs the professor's help because there's been three murders so far. Oh, I, question, question, Skippy. I, I mean, I understand finding the dead guy on the boat. Uh, how would you find a guy out in the middle of nowhere that's been eaten by pigs? I mean, there wouldn't be anything left, so... uh uh, and where where would they find this uh, this buffoon guy, right, that uh, stabbed himself? Uh, he was killed in the back of the bar, right? Uh, all good questions, no good answers. Anyways, the professor says the shackles are from the mid-1800s, and then we get a history lesson of, you know, the slavery situation, and there you go. We go from that. Well, to, to be honest, Skippy, I, I'm surprised this movie would even take the time. Well, they don't really take much time because we cut back to the bar, and then another one of Mr. Morgan's mobsters comes in snooping around, trying to find an information of who's doing this hit job on Morgan's guys, and after he roughs up the piano player, he goes to the bar, and the bartender is Baron Sunday. All right. And he offers the mobster a drink on the house called the zombie. Oh, you know what, Skippy? I have to admit, that's pretty good. But what this guy doesn't notice is that down at the other end of the bar sits a couple of zombies, and they get up and come grab this guy, and they throw him against the wall, and there's Sugar. Oh, no. And she pulls out a voodoo doll and stabs it in the head, and it kills the guy. Right, now, now, hold hold on. Hold on. Now, I'm no voodoo expert here, but if you're going to use a voodoo doll, don't you have to have, like, something personal that belongs to the person and attach it to the doll? I mean, this guy just got there. I, I, 
I think we're kind of missing some details here. Yeah, they totally missed that. Uh, but you know what? That's okay because what we shouldn't miss is every time that Sugar Hill is going to kill somebody, she's got an afro. And when she's trying to be nice and live the normal life, she's got long flowing hair. Well, isn't that fantastic? That, that makes about as much sense as anything else going on here. Hey, why don't we have a pterodactyl show up in this movie? That would totally make sense. Well, calm down, as well. I, I think it's just a way so you can recognize when something's about to go down. And speaking of that, Valentine is slowly starting to put things together. And the professor says that there's a living voodoo priestess named Mama Matress, and he should go visit her. And when he gets to her house, guess who's there? A, a pterodactyl. Nope. Sugar Hill. Well, even though I really like this detective guy, he doesn't seem to be very good at what he does. I mean, the bodies are piling up at the bar, Haiti. He goes out to find a priestess, and Sugar Hill's there. This should make things pretty obvious. Yeah, but in his mind, she's so smoking hot that it can't be her. Yeah, man, with that afro and that Elvis outfit, man, she's smoking hot. That's just ridiculous. Oh, I totally disagree, because this next scene is what's ridiculous. Because Morgan convinces Diana to sell the club to her. And while they're working out a deal, there's a $10,000 signing bonus that she will get. And later on that night, Morgan sends this cowboy guy to take her the money. And he arrives at Diane's house. And he goes inside, and it's a room full of voodoo stuff. And then a chicken foot comes up to him and climbs up his leg and tries to choke him. Insert chicken choking joke right here. Oh, boy, I so do like that chicken foot, boy. They're a good band. I heard they're really good at choking cowboys. You're just literally just making up stuff, right? You know, Randy, all this time, I thought you were a complete idiot. But now I don't even have to think it. You just proved it. Come on, guys. Anyways, a couple of zombies pop up, grab this cowboy dude, ah. and then it cuts to a scene where they've got him in a room, and oh. everybody's there, including Mama Matrice. Ah. And the zombies are over in the corner playing some background music. What? What? And they place the cowboy dude in a casket full of snakes, and they're going to have him buried alive. You know, Skippy, I'm all about the woman power stuff, but, man, she is just taking this way too far. Well, she hasn't run out of creativity, though, because we're down to Morgan's last guy, and Sugar's going to have him knocked off in a massage parlor. Oh, jeez. Again. I know I'm not the smartest guy here, but if you're going to kill a bunch of people, wouldn't you want to do it in places other than businesses? I mean, you want to have it in places where nobody would find you, right? Well, you know, it's that thing where, you know, it's it's the abuse of the power, and when you have it, you kind of overuse it. And matter of fact, now she knows that Valentine is catching on to things, and they use a voodoo doll to make him fall down a flight of stairs and break his leg so he'll stay out of the way for a while. Well, holy crap sandwich. She's no better than the crime boss. Well, speaking of the crime boss, she calls him up and says, hey, by the way, I'm not selling the club, which really pisses him off, and uh, suspects that she's been behind all of this the whole time with all the murders and everything, and says that he's coming over to settle the score, and she says, hey, I'm not home. I'm at my old place which is where Mama Matrice lives. 
And uh, when Morgan gets there, he brought his main squeeze, and she stays out in the car while he goes in the creepy old house with a pistol in his hand, walking around looking for Sugar Hill. So so why did the lady not go in with him? Well, you know, because it's one of those movie things where you split them up and you can have more chaos happening. And I'm glad you brought that up because the lady that's out in the car gets attacked by zombies while oh, Morgan no. is sneaking around the house, and then he goes upstairs, ah. and sitting around the table is all the dead guys from his group smiling at him. What? what? And Sugar's standing back there holding a lantern, and Morgan gets freaked out and backs away, and then a cat jumps on him and freaks him out, and he falls out a window and lands on the ground outside. I mean, so these guys around the table, are, are they dead? Yeah, I think so. It's some kind of voodoo trick, I guess. Well, I, I hope that cat didn't scratch him because that could get infected. Well, I think that's the least of his worries right now because now he's surrounded by zombies and he's out of bullets. And then Sugar has the zombies knock Morgan off into, looks like, some quicksand. Hold, hold on, Skip. Did, did you say quicksand? Yeah, that's that's it. Quicksand. Well, is, isn't that a bit ridiculous to have quicksand? I mean, just kind of pop out of nowhere in this movie? Well, it was a trend in the 70s that quicksand was a really much bigger issue than it is in real life. Well, it sounds pretty lame to me. I mean, Skippy, they could have just had them, like, knocked off into a swamp and had some alligators eat him, or, heck, at this point, have a pterodactyl come and fly away with him. Well, you know, the alligator thing's not a bad idea, actually. Well, anyways, I'm glad the bad guy is dead, but what worries me, Skippy, is... Her giving Baron what he requested. I mean, is she really going to go through with that? Oh, you know what? I'm glad you asked that because we find out that Morgan's main squeeze isn't dead. And the zombies bring her to Sugar Hill and she offers the lady to the Baron and he accepts. So the Baron gets him a white woman out of the deal. Yeah, he's going to have a time. It's going to be hot. Good grief. This, This movie had some good things going for it and then it shoots itself in the foot. Hey, so does uh, this Valentine guy, does he end up catching her and putting her in jail for killing all these people? Well, we don't really know because all we see is the Baron grabbing the white woman and he goes into a lightning storm and disappears and that's the end. Well, isn't that great? I can't believe we sat here and talked for all this time about this movie and this is what we get out of it. So you're saying you didn't like this movie? Well, well, hold on, Skippy. Let me pull out my tally sheet here and add up my points. Here we go. We're looking to carry the one. And, uh, hey, no way. Will you read my answer? No way. Get real. There you go, Skippy. That's my answer. Well, I know this movie is terribly flawed, and it is a timepiece of that of that period, but you know what? I think it's still a very fun movie, and I think you should check it out if you like the 70s blaxploitation kind of stuff from the time. So, what did the rest of you think about this movie? It was so yeah, bad. Well, sweet. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And all you folks out there listening, if this is your kind of bag, man, don't forget to check out all the other episodes of Red Movie Rama. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks.